the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Got an app idea that you think will be the next unicorn, but you don't know what to do next? Well, with more than 15 years of experience creating software, b7dev.com can help you out. Schedule a free one-hour call by going to b7dev and let them know that Steve sent you. That, once again, is b7dev.com. Want to boost your mobile app's search visibility on Google Play and the iOS App Store? Well, you can find hundreds of the most relevant and popular keywords for your app in just one minute. And you can create effective metadata with ASO Mobile. Check them out at asomobile.net. co-founder, the founder of Rooted, the loved by Apple, getting so many Apple of the Day features. Anya, welcome to the virtual bootcamp. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. And uh, that was an awesome video. That was pretty great. <laughs> Thank you. you know, I had to show this. I know I am well, but I was like, how does it feel seeing your photo up there when you see the App Store? Tell me how that really feels. Sorry, I can't hear you right now. I think I'm. What about now? Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was just saying, like, how does it feel? Like, this must be like I, I imagine this must feel amazing, and be like, look, baby, you know, oh, dear. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, because I started rooted from personal experience with anxiety and panic attacks, it is weird for me to see my face. <laughs> like publicly, but I've gotten way better about it over the years. And um, I was just stoked when this came out because they didn't let me know. So it was a total surprise. And I just started getting messages from my friends in the States and that's how I found out. So yeah, pretty stoked. Uh, You know, it's one of the best organic ways to grow, right? Is being featured by the app store. So I'm very happy about it. That's awesome. Congratulations. And it is a success story. Like I've been hounding on you come on i'm like oh let's come on and we're gonna do a future live stream but let's talk about the early days of the app when you were just getting going you know you had a mission it was a great mission you want to help people with anxiety like what do you, where did you start when it t- came to marketing getting those initial downloads yeah so at first i really had no idea what i was doing pretty much everything i learned was from blogs and there wasn't so much about app marketing specifically back then, this was like 2018, there's a ton on, you know, search engine optimization. And then it was like, okay, how do I take that and try to work it towards app store optimization? And it wasn't, I I don't think I even found my first app marketing course until Darius Mora came up with one. Darius Mora from Reflectly, which you and I Mm -hmm. spoke about uh, that mutual connection there. He's so awesome. And he kind of, I was just so happy to find something for apps. And so, yeah, a lot of the early days was a lot of guesswork. It was a lot of focus on app store optimization. It uh, One thing in particular was going after the keyword panic attack versus anxiety. Obviously, mm-hmm. anxiety is a much more popular search, but I did feel like I needed to stand out in a smaller niche first, especially because 
there's now obviously more and more apps for anxiety. And so that was a particular strategy for early growth. I'm so glad you said that because then my approach too, it's like, Hey, you know, let everybody go after meditation, let everybody go after this. But like the example I use is like deep breathing. All right. It's not a lot of a search volume, but heck, if I could be number one for that, start generating those downloads, start generating those revenues, then, you know, I'll slowly work my way up. But like why work where everybody's trying to, you know, everybody's trying to be meditation versus nobody's trying to go after panic attack as an example too. Especially back then. Like now mental health is more talked about, but back then, yeah, it was very, very small search volume. The people who were searching for it really desperately needed a solution and a tool. And that's where Rooted came in. What else did you do? I did a lot of early PR. And this is something that maybe sounds a bit funny for a startup as small as Rooted, but basically I would list different journalists that wrote about mental health or that might have some interest in covering an article, like writing an article about Rooted. And uh, I think when you're really, really small, you can go to your local press because they're just happy to write about something local. They want to promote the tech community. So I did a lot of that and then branched out further and further to other types of journalists who might be excited by something that, you know, is is started out so small and is bootstrapped, but is actually mm-hmm. affecting people. Do you remember like what type of angle you used to get the attention of the local reporters? Yeah, so it was really important to combine a story about Rooted with a world event because I wanted to basically fill the gap when a journalist has, like, you know, it's World Mental Health Day on October 10th. And so, you know, there's so many mental health stories. Well, what can we talk about that's a bit different today? And I wanted to kind of fill in the gap there. Uh, You know, during the pandemic, there was a lot of opportunities as athletes were talking about being open about experiencing anxiety and panic attacks. And so, during sports events, I would put out press releases related to that. And yeah, taking like a real world event and combining it with some sort of unique story angle was what mm-hmm. I tried to do. And and it did work like a lot of those logos that you saw on the website right there. That's from those organic press releases. Those ones there like Cosmopolitan, Healthline, Woman's Health, Bustle, etc. Do you see a direct correlation between, you know, getting on Bustle, which is huge, and Healthline, Cosmo, and two downloads? Did you see an impact? I'd say there's always like a little bump on press release days, but I think the real long-term impact comes from being able to use these logos and being able, and, and there's some, certainly some like search engine optimization that just takes longer. Like for Healthline, we're listed as one of the best anxiety apps of that Mm. year. And then it was alongside, you know, these venture back giants like Calm and Headspace. So that was great to share and kind of work on that social proof with. And then over time, like Healthline ranks super well, their domain authority is really high. So, you know, over time that there's that indirect benefit as well. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm trying to figure this stuff out. Okay. The, what was the other thing? Oh, one of the things I, I wanted to share personally was, you know, one of the angles that we found pretty effective is saying like exclusive to Anya. And then that would be the subject line. And then you, you guide, you go on into whatever the pitch is, but that tend to, to work for us getting a client on TechCrunch and we're like exclusive to Megan. And then we followed up. She didn't reply. And Anya, the third email is like, what do you think about this story? A thumbs up, thumbs down. C thinking about it. And these are all emojis by the way. And then D like a poop emoji. And then she replied to that one. She said, LOLC, let's get on a call. And I was like, finally. And then we, nice. we got an article on TechCrunch. So 
a lot of work, awesome. but a lot of long-term benefits. Like if you're looking yeah. for short-term solutions, maybe not the right channel. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that's a great point there that it's a lot of work. And some people will come up to me and be like, well, I already sent a press release and it didn't work. And I'm like, but how many times <laughs> did you send it? Because I had to send it like several times. Like it's a long-term strategy and you kind of have to follow up just like cold emails, right? You're not going to get a response every time, maybe 10%, 20% will respond. And then, you know, you got to keep doing it. If, if you are bootstrapped, if you are staying organic, obviously there's other paid ways to gain that momentum. But for me, there's, that was my only option was doing this organically. And so I, yeah, just kept pushing and, and repeating things over again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you are bootstrapped right now. Yes. Right? Yes. Hey, one of the things I wanted to ask you as a bootstrap founder, was there any key lessons, big takeaways that you learned from just building the app? Like I shouldn't have done this, or if I were building an app again, I would have done this differently. How much time do we have? Oh, I mean, <laughs> like so many, right? <laughs> Hindsight. Is I got a buzzer ready. <laughs> yeah. Hindsight is 2020. There's so much I would have done differently. Technology is changing too, though. Coding, creating an app is becoming easier and easier. I feel like I did it the hardest way possible. But, you know, I think it's just where I was at that time. And again, working on that bootstrap budget, I had very little funds. So I really had to figure out what would work. Uh, that's really what led me to do the wireframing and the design and and the UI and the UX. I, I did go to an agency, I got a quote from them. And just there's no way I could have afforded that. And so I just started breaking mm -hmm. down like, okay, what could I do? What do I need to outsource? But like, mostly what can I do? And yeah, I think I just, I worked probably harder than, than I needed to in some cases. And so that's not a regret, but definitely a learning curve. And then, yeah, some stuff on the technology side, like the development side that, you know, I'm, I learned so much about it now. I'm still not a developer. I'm a non-technical founder, but I'm learning so much now. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's, that's why I shouldn't have done it that way. Um, yeah. Were there anything from a features perspective? And here's what the reason why I asked too. Like I was talking to a client of ours and I was like, look, you know, we're building all these features. I'm like stop building more features. Like, you know, we're on the cusp of like real extreme growth because the trend is growing. But so for me, like as a, somebody who's bootstraps, like you just need to stay around long enough because the trend of this particular category of app is growing. So if we just stay around long enough, we're going to be there and good things will happen. But I was like, just stop building more features because we don't know if we actually need these features. It's a vibrant, vibrant community already. The features are good enough. Like good, it's good enough. Like stop, you know, incurring more costs, developing more features. Let's save it for marketing. Let's get those downloads. Let's get more people in. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And something I did with Rooted was launch the MVP, which is the red panic attack button before adding in different features for general anxiety. And what mm. that did, it was it let, helped me validate the fact that people were enjoying and really needed the panic attack tool in itself. So yeah, I actually waited pretty much a whole year in gathering different user reviews and user feedback and then working my way up to adding in more and more features. Yeah, I love it. How did you get about how did you go about getting those user feedback? App store reviews, uh, a lot of engagement on social media. So a lot of encouraging people to write in and let me know and being really frank that like, hey, I'm just starting this out. Let me know what you think rather mm -hmm. than pretending to be a big company. But then it switched and I got really 
overwhelmed by feedback in a sense. And so then I started saying we and kind of making rooted sound maybe a bit bigger than it was because, um, yeah, it can get quite personal because it's like my baby. Right. And then people are sharing what yeah. they think about it. It's a bit vulnerable. Yeah. We got a question from the audience, Anya. So Lars, thank you for your content. Love you. Okay, love Aww. you back, Lars. Thank you, Casper. Good to see you. All right, Ricardo says, Anya, did you have to make many changes to find product market fit? Yeah. So thankfully, not really. I designed Rooted really for myself, and then the demographic that ended up finding Rooted was my demographic. So it's quite interesting. Um, you know, biggest demographic was females, twenty-four to thirty-five. And that happened really organically, thankfully. Yeah, so not not really. I think it was just, it came from such a personal place that I created it in the words and using the visuals that I thought was comforting, words that I was hoping would also be encouraging to others as they were to me. And thankfully, it did resonate with others. Yeah, um, I wanted to get to that red button that you talked about too. Mm-hmm. I wanted that visual in here. I love it. How are you feeling? Yeah. So this won't make sense necessarily to people who don't experience panic attacks, but uh, for those who do, it really hits home. (laughs) So these are just some things that you kind of need to remember or be reminded of when you're going through a moment of heightened anxiety. Love it. And I know you worked with influencers too in the early stages. Yeah. So that was largely like social media engagement, not always even paid. It was people who might've had a big following and then they actually struggled with panic attacks and they were like, Oh my God, thank you so much for creating this. I have 20,000 followers or a hundred thousand followers. I'm going to write about it. So that was very helpful. And then at one point I did do a paid strategy, but I don't know, I'm going to reattempt it now because I've been speaking with some people who are saying that they found some success. I didn't, I didn't think I did anyway. So I'm going to kind of go back now. I have better tracking tools i'm better able to like attribute what's actually going on during those campaigns yeah one of my favorite interviews not that this is not one of my favorites on you but one of my favorite interviews with is with christine who did plan that and it was a social media calendaring app and what she did was you know, she wanted to build an app they're like it's this much money she's like i ain't got that much money so she said i know social media let me do social media get you more sales for an app development company we'll we'll you know barter and so she did that and it took like maybe six months to a year kind of working for free for them while they built her app and then to work with these influencers she turned on the little push notifications every time an influencer posted and she's in australia so they post at like 2 a.m in the morning in the u.s time zone she was like waking up being one of the first people to comment and then engaging with them to be like hey this here's what i'm doing i'm going to make it easier for you to plan out your social media content would you be interested it's a great interview and it just shows you like i heard it from you saying like Look, I was working uh, like I did the wireframe, you know what I mean? And I like what you I love the branding that you have, too, because it speaks to like there's a calmness to these color schemes that you get. And you're talking to your core demographic, which also happens to be you. And so you can speak, you know, I, I just love the colors and the branding and the little things. I'm obsessed with the little things on you that you put into the app. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely meant to be very simple. You know, when you're in a heightened state of anxiety, you open rooted, you need to know where to go easily. So all of those titles of the menu options, they're the action that you're taking. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's supposed to be very self-explanatory. And thankfully, you know, that is something that we hear a lot in the user feedback is that 
you know, they don't really have questions because it's all right there laid out for them. And that's really what I wanted to have and achieve with Rooted. Well, we had some hiccups earlier, so I'm feeling a little bit angry <laughs> about it all. And the three things you like to make. Technical like difficulties. <laughs> well, if you knew the back end, it would, it's kind of like it wasn't anything. It was a user error. Okay. Let's just say that. Okay. Breathe. Have fun conversations. When you're working with these influencers, was it just like luck? I'm trying to distill it to like actionable content versus just mm -hmm. luck. It just happened. Like, hey, you know, you know, build a good app. And then, you know, these influencers with 20 to 100K will just come to you and be like, oh, I love your app so yeah, much. Anya, no. let me just so what can actionable like working with these influencers? Did it help? And then what's actionable that we can you do on our end? Going to comment on their profiles, looking up you know, obviously hashtags in your category on back then it was all about Instagram. Now I'd say more TikTok is more relevant. And yeah, mm -hmm. or I guess again, depending on your demographic, right? But yeah, going on TikTok these days, leaving a comment, uh, trying to say something helpful and actually give some feedback. So it's not a generic comment, like check out Rooted, like definitely not. It's more like a response to their video and what they're posting about. And then you'll get likes on your comment and then those people come check out your page and, and start following you and so forth. Like it's active engagement. That's like conscious engagement on social media. Yeah. What's your approach to social media? Cause I know you have a great following on Instagram. Talk to me about like what worked there. What was the approach? Why you wanted to be, you know, have a foothold on Instagram too. Yeah. So Back then, I mean, in, in 2018, 2019, Instagram was definitely where I felt that the demographic was. And so mm -hmm. it was about creating these posts that were really, you know, not just cute and looked good, but actually had something mm -hmm. helpful in them for others. And I find that when you do that, you get more shares and likes. And then every now and then I'll throw in like a testimonial for that social proof. And I still think those are valuable, even though they won't get as much traction, they won't be reshared as much, but it's just like reminding users of, you know, whose page this is, even though it, you might kind of blend into like just an anxiety page in general, people might not even know what route it is, but they follow you because of the content. So there's different posts to kind of just remind people what page they're on. And yeah, I found I was just kind of tracking through Instagram and I found that Instagram worked for me better than Facebook. At the time, uh, I never really gave Twitter a good try, but I also feel like that's because of the demographic. Yeah. Whereas same. now I think we're moving over to TikTok. Yeah. What are you doing on TikTok? We just had a conversation about TikTok about an hour ago. Well, we started out by posting more, like maybe less UGC content, less personal stuff and more templated stuff. And that, of course, doesn't perform as well on TikTok. So now I have uh, both the UGC content and different user testimonials will post now and then. But I also have an awesome TikToker who will basically okay. follow the trends and, you know, create a fun video out of it. So we're playing around with that. I kind of want to add a few more people to that. So have like multiple people add in some TikToks. And um, yeah, so yeah, we're just, yeah, just we one, starting out still. We have one client who's pretty big on, she's been running like ads on TikTok and she seems really good success. It's an app tailored for moms. And yeah, she speaks highly. 
and soccer as well. And so it's working pretty well for her. Yeah, I think too. I should have jumped on it sooner. So that's a small regret I have. Same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing I struggle with personally too, Anya, is as somebody's bootstrapped, somebody's just, you know, the founder, what do you focus on? Like, what do you do in, in the early days? What did you try to like, okay, I can only focus on these couple of things. What would those things be? And now that you've grown, like, what are those things now? Yeah, I think that at first I didn't really have so much. I guess, okay. I guess I would say my main focus was the product. That was the first thing. But after that, I didn't really have the benefit of being able to focus. I kind of did a little bit of everything, right? From the PR to the social media to the app store optimization. Like it was literally me at first, just going around liking people's posts, leaving comments. And I would do that for like a couple hours every single day. And yeah, email, business development, customer support, that was all me. So I think now that we've grown a little bit, I have been able to outsource the social media part. I have been able to outsource a good chunk of the customer support. I still like to jump in and actually read feedback from users. And and a lot of the time, people don't even know, but it is still me emailing them. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of try to separate my days into like having like a product day on Tuesday, let's say. Or, you know, like a, a business development day on Wednesday. I try to separate my days like that so that I do have a bit more focus. But I'd say right now, it's really high level stuff would be like focusing on product, thinking of new updates, uh, planning the year ahead, making sure that, you know, when it comes to the App Store story submissions or the PR that I kind of have a lot of heads up about what I want to put out in which month, like which feature, what Apple technology are we, are we incorporating, et cetera. And then I'll have like a business development day and a monetization day, experiment day. I still do a lot of different things, I guess, but I, I've let go of some. I love that. <laughs> I love having those. Days. I usually have a call day and that's what today was about, but none of the other themes of a particular day either. Got a question from John Taylor, JT, when Anya started the app, when did you start the app and did you learn how to code or did you just hire a developer? So I did not know how to code. And I, when I went to the agency, I couldn't afford them. What ended up happening, happening is like a student from a university local to me had found out about what I wanted to do with Rooted. I guess I was pretty like vocal about it. And I knew him from like a co-op he had done. And he basically gave me his hourly rate and I used all my savings. I just went all in. I love that. And you don't share. I didn't have much though, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how many, how employees? many employees do I have? I now have a number of contractors, still no employees, mm -hmm. but I have two people helping out with social media. I've got one person with customer support. I have somebody that helps with like general administration, bookkeeping, and uh, three to four developers now. But again, all contracts, so wow. it's not full time got two more junior developers that focus a lot on the features that I want to implement. And then two more full stack developers that kind of work on, you know, making sure Rooted's actually running. Nice. What's a marketing, I want to try to save some for our live stream later, but what's a marketing channel that's really working well for you? I'd say again, like that focusing on app store optimization. Really? Is really like, yeah, we're 95% organic. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I have to assume that some people are just finding you on Instagram and getting there. I have one, I have one client with like one 
I think they just crossed 1 million. They, they, de they are definitely over 1 million. I was trying to think 1.2 or whatever. But I have to think that this, you know, the thing that he said to me, I was like, hey, why did you focus on this? Like, you know, beyond the app store, you want your brand somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. You want it somewhere else. And I was like, oh, that's a great way of putting it. Because sometimes I feel like social media is just so such a long-term strategy. You're never going to see that media impact. You're never going to get that post that just drives all these downloads. Maybe you are. We had a conversation about TikTok. A TikTok viral video went crazy. And then he became number one in under lifestyle. But at the same time, like you then start having another way to reach your audience and bring them back into the app too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, once we became number one for panic attacks in the app store, that was huge. And then that. we maintained that. And then yeah. for anxiety, we kind of flipped between ranking number two and number three. All right. You got, you got a lot of questions coming in. Okay. Bluefter says, did you focus on monetization from the Art, or did you give away the app for free at first and then realize it could make money, then start monetizing? So from the start, I had some, like I had a freemium model. So there was some content that was paid. I think that to this day, I mean, I'm going to share this publicly, but yeah, most of Rooted is free, right? So it's, it's kind of tricky is. because I did start Rooted with the values of providing a resource that I didn't have. And one of the reasons why I couldn't find help when I had panic attacks and anxiety was a financial barrier, right? Counseling can be really expensive sometimes. And I just didn't have access to different tools and tips and resources that I needed. So that's something that I really feel at a tug of war about sometimes. Like I do have the paid tools in the app. However, you know, there's so much for free and I don't really want to take that away. So I'm looking at different less essential ways for people to have a subscription. So for example, you can read all of the understanding lessons to get started. And if you really like them, if they're benefiting you, then you can go into the short-term lessons, which is how to mm -hmm. mitigate anxiety in the short-term. And then finally, the long-term things like adding dark mode or things that, you know, aren't necessary, but more convenient, like daily motivation, stuff like that. Um, so to answer the question, yes, I was monetizing from the beginning but now I'm learning how to do it more effectively. Yeah. And I think it's hard for you because this was the mission. This is, I mean, another question that I saw on here was like, why did you build the app? And it was just like, you had this problem, right? Yeah. And so that, that was it. Yeah. It was amazing. All right. I'm going to save some for the live stream in a couple of weeks. I'm super excited about that. Let's get into our app audit section of the interview. And we're going to take a look at... Leafs. Okay. I try to pick ones that I thought would make the most sense for whoever the guest was, but Leaf, he's, I think he's in Australia. He's like, Steve, is there a replay? Cause it's late mate. Uh, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to join you over there, but he has, his question is the app is doing great on Android. Let me pull up the app right now. And I'll read the question that he put down in our form. The app is doing great on Android. It doesn't really get any momentum on iOS. What could be the reasons and what can I do to overcome this? There you go. And I did look at this app on Android a couple of weeks ago on a live stream. And so I gave him some feedback, but I'll, I'll kick it off to you. Anya. Well, I guess the the main thing to know that comes to mind is just that there is such a bigger market share on Android, right? So I think most apps do, they have more downloads and, and engagement on Android. Um, yeah, so that's the first thing I would consider. And secondly, I don't know, Steve, what are you thinking here? I mean, I mean, you said it, right? Like, I think it one <laughs> the feedback I gave him was, 
hey, it's a dying. Like, who watches DVDs anymore, bro? And so I was kind of like that. And then secondly, I was kind of, I also thought, like, try to figure out the keywords that people, like, I would tell him, like, my dad would use this app. Like, he does have a legit DVD cat catalog still and he would he's so anal about where all his dvds are and who's borrowing them and whatnot that he would use as a almost a dom you know so dvd collection all right so if that is i would do some extensive keyword research and back to your point about rather than going on after like anxiety going after panic attacks right find a keyword that you can start ranking well for and start really moving upstream versus where most people start upstream. So I'm just doing some keyword research right now for him. Yeah. And that's a great point about the demographic, like who still watches DVDs. Maybe there's more people that have DVDs that are more likely to have an Android phone too. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just thinking of like, you know, big parts of the world, right. Where you'll still go and there's like a whole DVD market, but you don't see that in North America as much. Yeah. Hey, there's that, there's that last remaining blockbuster, right? It's in Oregon. So maybe target that. I, I don't, not seeing a lot of search volume here, unfortunately leave for some of the keywords that you want. I think the, I'm really not seeing any. If you have the technology, like maybe just thinking about like, look at this TV tracker movie catalog there's not a lot of search volume so that could be it and maybe there is more search volume on this point about like on android people are searching for this versus on ios maybe movie diary is probably the best one i don't know if it's a branded term that could be the best keyword if i had to pick a keyword i try to find one at least 30 search volume search score to try to rank for but this could be the main keyword so change it from my movie collection inventory it's not so boring it's a Movie diary. It is a branded term, but it's also sounds generic enough that you probably should be going after that particular keyword. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I would probably test out the screenshots I found. Yeah. But now with iOS, you can kind of do that on your own product page, which is awesome. Um, I found that yeah. our screenshots on Android, the different screenshots perform better. So that's something mm-hmm. to consider. Love it. The iPhone. And depending on the country, because um, mm-hmm. this is the US, so these perform quite well in the US, but uh, mm-hmm. when we go down to like Brazil, are much more colorful images and images that, yeah, they might, they're a bit less soothing, calming, they're a bit more crowded, but for some reason they perform so much better there. Interesting. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know my way around the app stores. Yeah, you do. It was very impressive. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. Well, let's get into the app, Leaf. And then we got Hannah waiting as well. We'll talk about all right, Leaf. I don't even have any DVDs. I can't scan anything. All right. Movie collection. Maybe they'll come back, like you know, record players. Maybe they're just 10 years from now, we're all going to be watching DVDs again. Anything you want to talk about here? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, there's there's so many options and different designs to test out with these types of screens as well. So I would, if, if these aren't performing to your liking, I would definitely give a lot of other tests a try. I like going to paywallscreens.com and seeing different paywalls there and kind of, yeah, checking out different designs and different, I think you can search by category as well. Awesome. Yeah, I like it. I like it. You know, we've been talking about longer paywalls performing better. And as, like, I, don't, I don't know what you're in. You have an end goal and a mission in mind. So, but I have seen hard paywalls where you, there's no free content, no nothing really convert well. One of our apps, we get about an 18% conversion on our paywall. And then when we had this little X, drop down to 6%, which isn't too bad, but we moved back to hard paywall. We're not mission oriented, as you can see, but I would test that because it's such a niche audience that you're targeting. I think the more niche you go, the better these hard paywalls perform. And another person in a past live stream was like, I he had a butt workout app and he, I don't even know why I quoted, but, but he tested hard paywall versus soft paywall. And he saw that hard paywalls perform better for it. So think about that leaf. If you mm -hmm. want to go that route. Yeah. And you probably want as few screens as possible before you hit yeah. the screen. So there's a few that you kind of flip through there at the beginning. And yeah, I, I did, and I didn't quite see exactly what it was there, but rather than have a separate screen for each, I have this optional slider inverted. So if you're still, you know, wanting to learn, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. If you're wanting to learn more about rooted before signing up, you have the option to flip through it. But if you don't, then you can also just head straight to the sign up page. And I find that that performed better. There's less people um, dropping off before signing up. Oh yeah, no trial options too. I liked it. I like it. Cool. All right, we got one more question for you. How did you come up with the app Avatar? Love it. Ron, how did you come up with Ron? Yeah, so honestly, that was just how I felt that day when I was designing. This was like when I was deep experiencing anxiety and panic attacks, just having a bad day. So you'll see he has different moods throughout the app, but the original icon was him looking so annoyed. And the idea with him is that you eventually, with the principles of cognitive behavioral therapy, you do want to befriend the anxiety. And so that mm. is a bit challenging to picture, to befriending something that's so terrifying to you. So that's why I made him look mm. a little bit ridiculous. You know, he's badly in need of a trip to the dentist. He's got his cute belly, you know, his different moods. And he's not something that's actually scary. He's a monster, sure, but it's a monster that you can befriend. So that's how I came up with it. And yeah, it was just teal's my favorite color, as you could probably guess, but just based that's on color. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's a great color. Great job on the design. It is once again rooted R O T R O O. Oh, how many O's am I saying? R O O T D rooted. Search for it on your favorite app store and go check it out. Anya, is there anything else you want to make sure we cover before we say goodbye? I think just, you know, anybody can reach out to us on social media. You can hit us up, let us know awesome. what you think. And yeah, happy to have been here and awesome. to hang out, Steve. We, Steve and I met like We're two weeks ago and we've just been hanging out a lot since. <laughs> Absolutely. Virtually. <laughs> on, virtually. On social or email. We had a great time yeah. there. 
I still, it, it was a great night. I was like, well, that was fun. I'm glad I, I went out because I was so tired the day before. I was like, I wish I could cancel on Louie, but I, I'm so glad that I went out because I got to meet you and I got to be on as well. But rooted underscore app on Instagram and then it's rooted.io on TikTok. Just getting started on TikTok and then rooted in yeah. your favorite app stores. Anya, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming back and doing this again. You're like, Steve, but thank you so much for doing both. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. But and if you want to connect with the, if the audience wants to connect with you in any other way, do you want to send them anywhere else? I think um, support at rooted.io or team at rooted.io. That's uh, another way to get in touch for sure. Next. Tired of overpaying for app store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.